devise the swashbuckling style of punch fighting that you did because of the short reach? Yes, that was the big reason. I had to uh, sort of get low and try to come up, as we say, from underneath to get in close on an opponent because the closer I could get to an opponent, uh, the more damage I could do with the short arms. At, uh, at long range, I just couldn't jab with the, the great jabbers, uh, such as Joe Lewis when I fought him in 51. Uh, he had 11 inches reach on me and was able to just pop that left in my in my face and keep me at a distance. I had to sort of crowd and um, move in on him, and that is why uh, the style was really developed. Rocky, uh, heavyweight champion of the world, Rocky Marciano, and the new heavyweight champion of the world, Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano, Rocky Marciano, the new heavyweight champion of the world. Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. Did you think you were winning? Well, no, I thought I was just maybe a hair behind. I knew I had to do something. I knew I had to do something. And you did do something. Did you think you were going to catch up? Well, I, I was wishing I hit him with that left hook or right hand. Yeah. He certainly takes a good punch there, Bob. Yeah. And you did hit him with the right hand, of course. Yes, I hit him with the right hand. And and did, did you think he was gone? Did you think he was gone when you nailed him? Well, I knew it hurt him. You could feel the push. You knew it hurt him. Well, congratulations, Lucky. You're a great fighter, game boy, and a, a great credit. This is your boy, Regis Rougarou Prograde, and you're listening to Zoot's Boxing Talk. All righty, everybody, welcome to Zoot's Boxing Talk, the boxing show where we bring you sweet science straight up with no twist. And how's everybody out there this evening, Thursday, November 23rd, 2022, Thanksgiving Eve, and we are bringing you the boxing action. Uh, I'm working on getting a, a couple of guests on in the second half of the show not sure that's going to happen. Did not hear from them today. But nevertheless, we're going to start the show with a new addition to the Zoots analyst rotation, if you will. The way I like to operate, sometimes I don't bring on anybody. I just have a guest later in the show, and I do the opening and the breakdown myself. I realize, as great as I am, not everybody just wants to hear my voice all the time. So I bring in who I think are really good boxing people. And, I, you know, I don't like to have the same analyst or co-host, if you will, on every week. So we have a nice rotation of uh, really good boxing people. Marcus Luck, Christian Giudice, who was on last week. Matchmaker, uh, Zach Familio, Ron Christian, when he's available. And uh, we have a new addition to the rotation. And I'm really excited about this. He writes for BoxingGuru.com. The bravery, or maybe I should say smart, I don't know. He's one of 10 people who actually bought my book, 
tough man the Greg Haugen story actually purchased the book at the Boxing Hall of Fame this past June, and we hooked up, and I'm looking forward to talking to some boxing with him tonight, Mr. Rich Lopez. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Anthony. How are you doing? I am doing fabulous. Talking boxing, I don't have to work for the next few days. What could be better, right? Uh, so how, exactly. so how, how's it going for you? Before we just discuss the this past year and everything we have on the agenda, we're going to discuss pro-grade pro Cepeda. We're going to discuss the announcement of Tank versus Ryan. But before we do all of that, let's talk a little bit about yourself, a little background uh, story for you and how you got to where you are now. Okay. for um, Yeah, I, I uh, basically um, grew up in, in boxing with um, – you know, from my father and uh, my uncle. Uh, my uncle did a little bit of um, amateur boxing back in the uh, early 80s, uh, but but more that they were just uh, uh, big fans of boxing. Um, they got into it back in the 70s, like seven, going to the 80s. And uh, they, they did, uh, my father got into the whole, um, you know, also recording um, live boxing at the time when he was based on primetime TV, you know, CBS, NBC, ABC. Um, the early days of boxing, and um, you know, I kind of was I grew around that, but it really wasn't until uh, I would say into the mid 90s, uh, you know, maybe you know, younger, I was into um, professional wrestling at the time, you know, WWF at the time, but then I just kind of went into boxing, kind of got more into it that way, uh, became more of a uh, fanatic, um, reading the magazines, uh, watching more boxing and uh, kind of picked up on also recording fights as well. And just kind of have been a collector of, um, you know, fight videos and, um, you know, watch everything that was, it wasn't just watching the big mainstream fights, but also watch anything on TV that have been on um, the Spanish station, anything was upcoming prospects, whatever it was, I just kind of got heavy into it at that time. And then uh, just kind of been a passion for me through, through many years, even up, you know, up until now, um, still love boxing, and then within the last uh, few years, just kind of, you know, been writing some articles on, on boxing, you know, past, present, um, you know, breakdowns, and, you know, et cetera. So that's kind of kind of how it started with me, um, with with, uh, with my love for boxing. All righty. Now, I, I always brace myself when I ask this question, but I, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Some of, who are some of your favorite fighters of all time and fights? And I'll tell you, based on your answer, okay. I'll tell you why I, why I brace myself. Okay. <laughs> so uh, some of my favorite fighters of all time is um, Julio, Julio Cesar Chavez was um, probably the, the, the first guy kind of I got into. Um, and then after that uh, would be um, Marco Antonio Barrera, and um, and also kind of look at some of the old fights. Uh, Marvin Hagler became well, like another another favorite of mine. And also um, uh, James Tony as well. So those are some of my favorite fighters. Kind of kind of a mixture of you know different styles. And also mm-hmm. in, as later on got into uh, also a big fan of Juan Manuel Marquez as well. All right, so and you are you so, are right now gold. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you are 
And, and when you started off with Chavez, I thought we were in good yeah. shape. Because I, 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 I ask this question and people come on to fighters, everybody, and so many people say Ray Leonard. And if you actually read the book, and I think you did, you, you probably get an idea how I feel about Ray Leonard and yeah. Ray Leonard fanboys. So I'm glad you didn't say Ray Leonard. If you did, we could have been still worked it out. But it would have been – it's much more uh, – much more uh, uh, delightful that you, you mentioned. Pretty much everybody you mentioned, I loved as well. So so good, good. Yeah. We're also off, we're off to a good too. Talk. I want to add in too. I want to add Roberto uh, Duran as well. Anybody, anybody, and <laughs> anybody but Leonard, please. <laughs> there, there, there are way too many Sugar Ray Leonard fanboys in the world. We don't need anybody on this show. We don't need any more on this show, I should say. Well, but my, anyway. my father, my. my my father and my uncle were, were uh, definitely, I would say, you know, they were big Durant fans and also right. more of Marvin Hagler and, and Tommy Hearns. You know, if you go into those four team guys, they were more fans of those yeah, guys, even yeah, though yeah, yeah. obviously Leonard's well-respected, of course, and for what he has accomplished, no no, no doubt about it. But those those guys are definitely, you know, were yeah. – you know, Rich, you, you are definitely salt of the earth, right? And, and you, you got a good family gene pool there. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and what about fights? I mean, as a writer, do, do you cover fights, press row, or uh, what's the deal with that? If not fights that you covered as a writer, fights that you've seen either live TV or live in person, what was some of your most memorable fights? Not so much fights well, that already happened, fights that you saw live, yeah. whether on TV or, or in person. Okay, for for live, for um, I, I did cover um, I did cover the Triple G Canelo, the second fight. Uh, to me, that that fight really uh, you know stood out to me. I thought it was a really good um, competitive uh, fight with a lot of action going back and forth on that one. So that one, as far as picking a fight live, um, like I said, I've only you know covered a few live in recent right. years. That one is the one that stood out for me, and it you know obviously it happened to be the best. One out of the three, I would say, in the three Canelo Triple G fights. Um, Definitely wasn't the last one. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as far as uh, live being a big uh, Marcus fan, um, obviously it's going to be the – there's a few Marcus ones I do have up there, but um, it's going to be Marcus Pacquiao 4. I think that one, it was um, – seeing that one live was uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorites of all time. And um, – you know, also at Corrales, Diego Corrales and Jose Luis Castillo, um, oh, Marco Antonio Barrera versus Prince Nassim Hamed. Just that was a good one to watch live. Um, yeah, that was a great fight too. Yeah, there's you know there's um, a lot of those that you know I've seen live were really great. And also another one that's kind of um, a little underrated too that I like a lot. Kind of just kind of was a good one for me was uh, Daniel Saragossa when he defeated Wayne McCauley. Um, oh, good one. Yeah. Back in, yeah. It was back, I believe it was in 97 and HBO, Boxing After Dark. That one was uh, really good because I was a, a big fan of uh, Saragossa too. And um, that, you know, he fought a young, you know, tough line in Wayne McCauley. And, and I didn't, I didn't think he was going to, you know, pull it out because I knew, you know, uh, McCauley puts a lot of pressure on, but he was able to do a lot of good counter punch in that fight. And, you know, he defeated with McCall, which I thought was a really, really good win, considering the age of Daniel Saragossa. So that's one that sticks out for me too, as well. One of my favorite fights, um, you know, that I've seen live. 
So. Oh, excellent, excellent. And, and yeah, we got to talk some more. I, I didn't realize you were a collector. I'm a collector as well. We could see if we could trade some stuff if, uh, if we have anything that either one of us are interested in. Uh, but we'll talk about that off the air. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, getting into the boxing weekend uh, of this past weekend, you know, you could say it was light, but it certainly uh, had stuff that we can talk about. I mean, as far as in the United States, the streaming services, that zone was really the only game in town, and it had the Mungia mismatch at the top of uh, the card, and you really didn't. Uh, expect anything other than what you got with Munguia. Uh so we'll talk about that a, a, a little bit but the I thought the undercard was uh pretty good uh the super bantamweight bout between Jose and Hel Garcia uh and Benito Sanchez 95 apiece all three scorecards 95-95 for a three-way draw I, I thought that was a good fight a good undercard fight certainly much more competitive than the main event and then they, they took the time to show us the six foot one featherweight Rafael Espinosa, who was in a really uh, horrible uh, mismatch. I mean, he was up against a guy that was stopped 39 times, hadn't fought in over a thousand days, but still, I mean, he lands a perfect right hand. His six foot one featherweight Espinosa could be a jewel, but we're not going to really know much about him until he's in there against, uh, you know, at least. Third tier tier competition, Rich. I, I don't even think this guy was on the level of a third tier competition that he was fighting. And then the Cortez Lopez fight, I thought was very interesting and very good. There was all kinds of questionable knockdowns, extracurricular activity. Uh, Cortez was under the tutelage of Nacho Bernstein, and he had 95-92 for Cortez twice. One judge voted for Lopez, 96. 91 uh so overall i thought the undercard of that zone saved it the main event was a pretty much an embarrassment and exactly what we expected what are your thoughts overall you could go anywhere you want with this sure no problem yeah i have to i have to agree with you on that i believe that the uh the undercard um was um you know more more eventful than the than the main event I think the the one fight I like was between, um, as you mentioned, Benito Sanchez uh, Garcia versus um, uh, Jose Ang Garcia Rodriguez. Then in the draw. Now uh, uh, for the for the co-feature of um, Argy Cortez, yeah, I, I really thought he was gonna. Uh, I didn't know too much about Eric Omar Lopez, but uh, for Cortez, I thought he was um, going to do a little bit better, considering that he just put up a really good fight prior with uh, Juan Francisco Estrada a few months ago. And um, so I thought, right, you know, right. he was going to look a little bit um, better. Um, it didn't happen that way. I don't know if that says much about Estrada, like, you know, he's kind of, you know, been around for a while. And But I think it was more of the rust factor for Estrada. As, you know, he was off for a while, and he was going to get ready for Chocolatito in uh, about two weeks. But either way, yeah, I think the undercard was a lot better than the, the main event. Now, going towards the main event, as you said, it was, it was expected for Munguia to um, uh, blast out Korea. But um, you know what? Um, for my, my thought on Hami Munguia, I think a lot of fight fans are also frustrated that, uh, you know, you know we, we didn't see many big fights this year, you know? We, we, and 
I totally expected at least one big fight, you know, especially that he just came off a victory over um, Gabe Rosado last year in um, November. Um, however, I will give Munguia credit um, just for staying active. You know, at least he fought three times a year, and at least he, he showcased by these easy opponents he's had. At least he took care of them by stoppage. So I will I will give Munguia credit for that, but but again, yes, it, it's it's time for him to um, you know step up and and fight some uh, some better uh, competition. I think it's that time over you know record of forty one and all. I think it's I think it's time he steps up and as well as some of the other opponents and uh, the fighters at that same weight class, the middleweight. You know, and I'm talking about you know guys like Demetrius Andre or Jamal Charlo. Um, I think all these guys need to start fighting each other. That's that's really. I mean, Mogia did his thing over you know the past weekend, as we expected. But I think you know as house fans, we need to start seeing those matchups. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, these guys start fighting each other is a frustrating uh, phrase that we in the boxing world constantly say. Before we get more into Mongia and what's next. Uh, I thought the referee was a big star in the Cortez-Lopez fight, and probably not for the right reasons. A couple of questionable knockdowns taking away points when it didn't really seem like, at least to the announcers anyway, I know what what your thoughts on it when he took the points away from Lopez. Uh, Let's start there. What what did you think of those calls? Did you think the knockdowns were legit, or did you agree with the points being taken away? Because, you know, that created three scenarios, right, of 10-8 rounds. Um, Yeah, I didn't didn't, um, uh, agree too much with the the point deductions in that fight. I mean... I that was kind of my stance on that. I didn't really agree with with that too much. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it did make a difference. Um, well, I mean, it's it, it's interesting, right? Because uh, well, Cortez rather he was knocked down twice, if I remember correctly. Uh, I'm looking back now to make sure because I I, I tend to be forgetting things, and uh, I think I lost Rich. So before we get back into that, let me see what happened with Rich. His phone dropped, so let's see if we can get him back on the air. We haven't had a, a, a live call like this on the show in a while. Sure, what happened? Hello, Rich. Rich. I think we lost them again. Let's try again. Technical problems floating through the air. At the same time, my dog is being uncooperative. Hello, Anthony. Yes, uh, yeah, we we lost you first time on, and you hear me? Call dropped. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. No, yeah, I can hear uh, you, but I heard like a lot of fading. I heard a lot of fading out. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. We have audio problems usually happen, uh, call drops, all that good stuff. So. Uh, oh man, yeah, yeah I no, I, 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 I didn't hear anything for a while, and then all of a sudden the call just went away. It dropped. I'm like, um. <laughs> oh, all right. So I'm not sure what you heard from me then. Uh, where, where, where should we resume? What do you remember uh, saying? I, I was in the middle of asking uh, about the referee and the points and the knockdowns and the Cortez Lopez fight. I don't know how much of that you heard. Oh, uh, not much. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of going in and out. It was going in and out. The, the audio was kind of like fading in and out. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see what's happening now. Hopefully, I have, to, I have to work on getting better audio. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, well, basically, all right, let, let's, go, let's go this way. Well, did, did you think Cortez deserved the fight? Do you think he won? I think he, I thought he won the fight. I thought he won the I mean, fight, but about, but very. I thought he won the fight, but it could have gone either way. I I didn't really have any problem. You, you know what I mean? I didn't think. I thought the fight could have gone either way, in my opinion. I'm checking. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely finished <laughs> strong. Uh, it was interesting uh, decisions by the referee. Uh, 95, 92 twice, certainly, uh, that means that, uh, you know, even with the, the 10, eight rounds, he still won most of the rounds. I, I don't know. I mean, it just, it, I, it's tough to say, but yeah, I, 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 I think if they would have I, said I him, Lopez won, nobody would have complained too much though. No, I, and I wouldn't have either. I, I really thought it was just like a fight that just could have gone, um, either way. Like you know, like was that bad close could have gone either way, or even a, even a draw could would would have been fine with me too. So I mean, I felt he just did enough to win, but I mean it wasn't like it wasn't like a solid win. It was it was close. It could have gone either way. That's just the you know the the way I saw it. Now back to Mangia. We want to see him obviously in much better competition. Ring Magazine yeah. uh, in the state of boxing said he was one of the most protected uh, fighters. And now he's calling out Triple G, uh, which is interesting for me mm-hmm. because Triple G uh, was the guy that they were trying to match Mungia with many years ago as a replacement fighter. I forgot exactly who he was yeah. supposed to fight. And uh, the commission did not approve the fight. They said that uh, Mungia was not a worthy uh, opponent at that time. Now, I think it's kind of reversed. Do, do you think Triple G at this stage is a worthy opponent for Mungia? I mean, I get why Mungia wants that, that fight. It probably means mm-hmm. big dollar signs. And at this point, he probably thinks he's the best yeah. chance to beat a Triple G. But uh, what do you mm-hmm. think? Uh, do, do you think that that's a matchup worth, that worth our time at this? Point? I think so. I mean, I um, yeah, you know, they were they were supposed to fight right after the um, uh, they were he was supposed to line up by Triple G. I think it was at the twenty the twenty eighteen twenty eighteen like in May, and um, but they didn't happen. But I think I think it's a it's a good fight now, and I, I think that's the way it's going to go, even though, you know, I want to see Mungia fight some of the other opponents I mentioned, like Charlo or, or Andre, which I don't think those are going to happen. But I think, yeah, like you said, for money purposes, he's waiting for the uh, Triple G fight. And I think I think it'll be um, uh, I think it'll be a good fight, and I think it'll be worthy. It, 
at least at least we'll see Munguia fight somebody, um, you know, uh, solid, a good opponent. And, you know, Triple G, I think Triple G still, you know, has a little bit of something left, um, you know, considering that he's, you know, a middleweight uh, division after the Canelo fight. Um, but, yeah, I think it's um, – even though I think Triple G will be the favorite in that fight, I, I think Jaime Munguia would be a live underdog if they fight. And I think – I think – Hopefully that should be the next fight, and you know, it's, and for for me to say, I think for the fans, I think it would be a really good fight. I'm not super interested in that fight. I mean, uh, if okay. it happens, I'll watch it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I definitely think that there are better options out there that are probably not likely, like a Jana Beck who fought uh, not that long ago, and uh, they're they're dubbing him. Uh, the guy that everybody's afraid to fight. And, uh, you know, he had a mm-hmm. tough time going 12 rounds with Bentley. I mean, I, I think that's a, yeah. that would be a perfect time for Munguia to come in and, and fight him. But, you know, on the other side of it, you if you're handling Munguia, that at this point is probably seen as a much higher risk than Triple G, and I don't think he's going to make as much yeah. money. The reward is, is not there. There you so go. I guess we're going to have exactly. to live, live with uh, Triple G, Mungia next. Yeah. I mean, which would be a higher risk, low reward. Up. Higher risk, low right. reward. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, thinking about it, uh, even a Triple G at this stage is better than uh, what we've seen Mungia in in the last few fights. I agree. I agree. I still think, you know, I still think Triple G is, you know, like I say, he's got um, something left still. He's still, he's still the number one uh, uh, middleweight fighter. I mean, and and that's because of the, you know, inactivity of guys like Charlo and Andre, you know, and you know, more like I said, Mongia's, you know, a little more active, but you know, it's not really fighting nobody, and that's the reason why you know Triple G still ranks as the the number one middleweight. So. Until you know somebody you know dethrones him, then okay. But and as for for Janabek, yeah, I would love to see. I would love to see Mungia and Janabek get it on. Like I don't yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. But I know there's I've been seeing lately on on social media Janabek kind of calling him out. <laughs> calling right, him right. Out. But I've been seeing that. Uh, Mungia doesn't you know, seem to know how to say his name though. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it seems like, um, but it would be good because I, you know, Harry Munguia, uh, you know, he's a good fighter, and I, you know, I think he's he's ex- he's an exciting fighter, and uh, like I would love to see all these fights, you know, and um, but yeah, but I would still think I I would definitely be interested in a fight between him and uh, Triple G, you know, and I think I think Munguia would be a, a live underdog because he just gotta fight somebody, right? Just, just let's just let's fight one of the top middleweights, you know. Yeah, I mean, the middleweight division, is, to me, is not that deep. You have Charlo, you have Janibek, I yeah. don't know what Andre is doing, uh, and obviously Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they should all be fighting each other. I mean, you still want to keep Triple G yeah. in there? I, I guess so. I'm not. Uh, I was at one time really high on, yeah. on Triple G. I, I think he's way yeah. past what he used to be. Uh, but hey, if that fight is to happen, that gives Triple G a chance to have his Evander Holyfield mm-hmm. moment, so to speak. Uh, right? I, I was talking to a friend about boxing the other day, talking about mm-hmm. the 90s 
heavyweights and how, you know, people forget how bad Holyfield looked going into that. You know, he looked really bad against Mora the first time. He didn't look that mm-hmm. good against Alex Stewart. He looked horrible against Bobby Chez. Bobby Chez, yeah. crying yeah. out loud. That's why everybody thought yeah. Tyson was going to kill him. And he goes around and has one yeah. of the greatest performances in, in memory. Uh, Triple G, exactly. I would say, deserves that chance. So as I, I do this a lot, I debate with myself. So now, as I'm thinking about it and talking about it more, I wouldn't mind it as much as I, as I did a few minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, for, um, you know, for the fight, you know, the fight uh, would definitely um, would sell, you know, if they, you know, depending on the location. But. It would it would definitely sell uh, Mugia Triple G fight too, so I not sure if they're I mean I'm I'm anticipating if they were to do it they'll probably do it during the summer or something like a summer fight probably, so but um yeah like just like just we kind of have the same opinion about Mugia time to you know fight some of these top guys it's you know 41 and 0 it's time to you know you know get it going there and um, and. Just, you know, I don't want to pick on the other guys, but, you know, the other guys also just need to fight, too, you know? Yeah. Now, I don't know yeah. how much you know about this, but uh, one of the things <laughs> I was saying to myself and I want to write about is shame on that zone for accepting this fight with Mungia. Right? Don't they, don't they, they yeah. it's not a TV, it's a screen, don't they have a say in rejecting opponents? How in the world would they expect? Uh, accept this as something valuable to their paid subscribers. Magia against the guy that already got blasted out against Janabek. Uh, you know, how in the world do they accept this? I mean, uh, don't, where, where, do they not have the power anymore to reject these terrible matchups? Yeah, I, I you know, I, I um, yeah, I agree on that too. I mean, like, um, I guess I guess I um I know fighters, you know, they, they take um easy matches and these are like definitely mismatches and you know, but I guess I don't know, maybe they, they have no other <laughs> uh, other other fights to show for that for that weekend, but it's definitely right. something that um just something that I, I wasn't you know, wanted to see, you know. <laughs> Once they mentioned Mogia's next fight in the zone against Korea, I was like, Okay, well oh, yeah. that's not the fight we want to see, you know. Yeah. I mean, it would be okay if that was like when they used to do years ago, fight those over-the-weight fights, not you know, ex, non-title bouts, in between fighting, yeah. yeah, in between fighting the top guys. Duran did that a lot in the '70s, and that's actually how he got his first loss in a non-title over-the-weight uh, bout with the Jesus who wound up becoming yeah. probably the best fighter that he defended his title against that uh, lightweight. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the, the, that was originally a non... I mean, if it was one of those, then I wouldn't mind. But this is like the end of the year showcase for Mungia. Why can't yeah. that zone put their foot down and say, You're fighting, I'm giving you a list of acceptable opponents. Make it happen. Otherwise, you're not fighting and you're not getting paid. Why can't they do that? No, I agree. I, I I agree with that stance too, especially considering that, uh, like I said, Mungia's, uh fought three times, uh, you know, on the zone with these type of fighters. So that's it, it is pretty bad. You know, going you know going back to non-title bouts. I mean, yeah, that's you know, the old, the old fighters. You know, they used to do that a lot, but they but they always fought at least a 
a good or two fighters within that same year, then they would take like, okay, maybe a, you know, a easier bout, the tune-up bout, mismatch, whatever you want to call it. And, but that's not what we're seeing with uh, Mungia here. At least for this year, we didn't, we didn't see that at all. And uh, no, I do agree on that. I mean, that there should be some type of uh, <laughs> somebody making a stand yeah. or the zone to say, hey, hey, okay, this enough's enough. You know, let's yeah. <laughs> let's get more uh, yeah, of a exactly, opponent here. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I think yeah, at I the same that. time they wanted to uh, lather Mungia up a little more to get ready for Triple G. But I don't think that needs any more simmering or or marinating. No. It, it doesn't. It, Another fight that uh, moving uh, moving topics. Another fight that doesn't need any more yeah. marinating, uh, and it was just announced, kind of. Ryan versus Tank. I was on the air talking about this and how frustrating it was that the fight is not getting made, and how of a fascinating fight I think it is. And it was announced that they did agree to meet in Las Vegas in 2023. But there are a couple of things that worry me about this. And I wrote about this in my uh, last article. And uh, don't forget to go to topclassboxing.co.uk for not only my article, but all the boxing fixes. Shout out to Paul Daly and a shameless plug. But, uh, you know, I'm a little worried. I'm not going to start talking about how I think this fight is going to go until I see more solid evidence of it actually happening. Now, I realize there is some good evidence that is actually going to happen. Osa from Showtime even uh, uh, posted about it on social media. But the fact that Tank has a fight in January, the fact that no official date or venue has been named, the fact that we're dealing with two guys that have a history of walking away from the greatest fights that we could see, right? Does everybody forget how uh, it wasn't that long ago that Tank announced inside the ring that his next fight was going to be against Lomachenko a few years ago, and we're still waiting to see that fight never happen. So I am a little cautious about it. What do you think? Yeah, and I think and I think everybody should be cautious. I think, well, one, I think people, yeah, we definitely should, you know, be excited for this fight. I just want to clear one thing too, real, really quick on that is, um, you know, there's been I saw a lot of social media, um, you know, people in, in, in Twitter word or you know saying that this is like, uh, you know, the mega fights, you know, that we've been waiting for, and it, it's not it's not a mega fight. It's just a you know really it's a it's a good solid fight between, you know, two top uh, lightweights, uh, you know, undefeated contenders. But, you know, these are really fights that fans should be always getting all the time. So I just want to, like, you know, put it out there, too. Um, but, yeah, we do have to be, you know, cautious on that because as, as um, right after they agreed to, hey, let's, you know, to terms, so they didn't really agree to, to fight each other, nothing's really, you know, uh, Science field delivered yet, and especially with Javante is going to take a fight in January against Hector Luis Garcia. So, you know, he's going to have to obviously get past that fight, which I believe he should, in order for that um, Garcia fight to happen. So a lot of things could happen between now or you know, by you know, or after that fight uh, to see you know, hopefully, like I said, I'll you know give credit to both fighters for making that fight happen. But definitely, like you said, we definitely got to be cautious, and we definitely get excited about it. But let's let's you know, just say you know, hold up a little bit, and let's see let's see how things play out. 
you know, it's it's already a good start that they're they're both saying that they they're doing the fight, and then like you said, Steven Espinosa mentioned that it's it's, it's a go. So that's already a good sign. More than what we got between the failed Crawford Spence fight. So, right, and a, a lot of people, was, yeah. yeah, a lot of people on social media were were uh, blasting out that that fight was done. Crawford and Spence, yeah. they got obviously got a little ahead of themselves there. Uh, but with this yeah. fight, I mean, there has been more things baked in the cake and concrete yeah. and those uh, in yeah. the past and we've seen those fights fall apart so don't be surprised if this fight falls apart i don't i don't want to be a debbie downer or anything like that but i just don't want to get my <laughs> hopes up either uh you know there's yeah. been more concrete uh, uh things on other fights of the past and they've fallen apart for whatever reason back to yeah. uh back to tank and garcia that's essentially a tune-up type, a tune-up fight, which is great and fine, but they're packaging it as a pay-per-view. I mean, is that yeah. something that we have to get used to now? Tune-up fights as pay-per-views. I mean, years ago they did it with Hopkins <laughs> and De La Hoya. De La Hoya got the gift against Sturm, uh, but uh, yeah, is it an insult that they're asking us to pay big money for what is essentially a tune-up fight? It is uh, it is an insult, and that's one of the uh, issues that many fans, I, I myself, have the same issue with. Um, these are yeah, any show. These are all you know, showcase fights, tune-up fights. They should not uh, you know be pay-per-view. They be something that, like you said, you would see as a, maybe like a uh, HBO Boxing After Dark feature. Or, you, you know what I mean? Uh, card or something like that. You know, but um, it's, it seems to be a common thing, especially with. Um, with Tank Davis, um, if you look at all his fights, none of them, none of them are pay-per-view worthy. None of them, you know. And and this this fight here with um, Garcia coming up in January, it's, it's the same thing. They're not they're not worthy of um, of pay-per-view. So yeah, it's and and not on top of that, you know, they're asking you, you know, the fan to dish out seventy-five bucks for these cards, you know. <laughs> So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't bought one tank pay per view yet, but it seems like he does pretty modest and does modestly well. Not superstar status, but he gets a few hundred thousand yeah. pay per view buys for fighting the Raleigh Romeros yeah. of the world. So I mean, he's gonna keep doing it. The fans yeah. gotta put their foot down and not buy it because in this yeah, day he's... and age, if you get a couple of hundred thousand pay per view buys, you're gonna see that as a success. And he's going to keep doing yeah, it. Success. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, to him, I guess it's a success yeah. if they keep doing it. But, you know, with Tank being a, a, a PBC guy, they should put this fight yeah. right on Fox 5 on prime time. And that would draw more eyeballs to the seats and say, oh, look at this guy, Tank. He's fighting this young upstart exactly. in Ryan Garcia. Let's pay for that one. But I, I don't know how many people are going to, how many people they're going to expose to Tank. Uh, versus Garcia on pay-per-view. I mean, all the Tank fans will show up anyway, but how many more people are they going to yeah. get? I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be the it's going to be the same old the same old thing. You know, they, um, the the pay-per-view numbers are are not going to really be, um, you know, that good at all. I mean, don't get me wrong. Tank Davis is a is a good ticket seller from from my understanding. Like when you see, I believe this fight's going to be in Washington D.C. 
uh, where he fights, where it's like Atlanta, I think he's fought like in Baltimore, Maryland. I mean, he, he does uh, pack the house, you know, he's a, he's a ticket seller for sure. Pay-per-view star? No, he's not. So that's kind of, you know, where, he, where Tank Davis stands. And he's an exciting, you know, he's an exciting fighter. I like, I like to watch Tank Davis. So it's just that, you know, I opt not to pay, you know, pay-per-view for these cards. Um, it's just a right, drama. Right, right, so many right. of them. And PBC, uh, PBC is the main, the main uh, one with the, you know, crazy amount of pay-per-views, of course, you know. The zone has followed suit now as well as uh, ESPN Plus, you know. But, um, uh, yeah, it's it really is a, a tuna fight, even though I see Garcia as a solid a solid test still. But um, but he's, he is a smaller guy, 130, moving up to 135, fighting tank. And right. good boxer, but doesn't have the, the, the power. So, I, like I said, I see it as a uh, tank win, which will lead up to the, hopefully, the, you know, tanking, you know, Ryan Garcia fight. Yeah, the other thing about the the previous yeah. tank pay-per-views is they were all pretty much replayed the next week on Showtime. So I just waited to watch it on Showtime. I mean, they don't do that with all the pay-per-views now, but for the tank pay-per-views, they have been doing that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, if you've seen the low numbers on on pay-per-views, it's 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 that. It's just that fans are fed up. They don't want to. Uh, pay for these and like you said they could watch the replay next week watch youtube highlights or you know you have the illegal streamers they're doing that too so and these might be some of the same people that are hyping up tank but you right know, they're doing right. The illegal streaming <laughs> but but the problem is i think they're getting enough numbers with tank where they're making money so that's why they keep doing yeah. it uh, because it's not just yeah. pay-per-views; it's the whole commercial distribution, the movie theaters, the bars. Uh, you know, if, if yeah. Tank was tanking uh, on each of these pay-per-views, <laughs> they might stop doing it. Yeah. But I, I think he's making decent enough. He's not not a superstar, not close to even five hundred thousand buys, I don't think. But but enough to be making a profit. No. That's why they keep churning them out. There's some profit there, yeah, for sure. There's, yeah, definitely say there's some profit. Yeah, I know he hasn't made the five hundred thousand pay per view buys from my, from my understanding, right. but uh, right, you know, three hundred thousand, yeah, I think. For this fight, yeah, but I, I really hope, yeah, as you know, as fans, we, you know, I want to see the fight between him and Ryan Garcia. Like right. I said, um, let's just hopefully it, it comes through. You know, there's more, you know, positive feedback that it will happen. Obviously, you know more than other yeah. mega fights that fell through the cracks. So, you know, hopefully right, that's right. true. It would definitely be a and fight. Definitely be a fight. Be looking forward to that. I was definitely one right. of those So Definitely, yeah. that's a fight I would pay for. I, I don't. You, you said yeah. you don't think it's a mega fight. I think it's a super mega fight. Uh, I do agree that these kind of fights should happen more each year. Uh, it yeah. shouldn't be something we shouldn't be celebrating. We should be saying it's about fucking time. But Nevertheless, I think it is a super mega yeah. fight that's worthy of a seventy-five, eighty-dollar pay-per-view price tag, where most of these fights I don't yeah, think I mean, on. Well, I'll be, I'll be watching the fight. I guess when I, when I mean like the, the, the mega fight part, I'm talking, I'm thinking of like more like Spence Crawford or, you know, like you know, go, go a little further back, you know, like, uh, you know, you know, Mayweather Pacquiao. Of course, that happened too late, but like that, you know, like right. it happened too late. Ah. More than I, that. I, think it's on par. 
I think it's on par with anything in the, in the history of the sport. Two undefeated guys, exciting guys, guys with major fan bases, guys with exciting styles, uh, willing to fight each other at, at a time. I mean, uh, I'm not saying, you know, I, I think it's right up there. In I'm like so excited about this. I'm a, You know, I, I go as far back as the early days, the, the first couple of pay-per-views, I remember with like the Leonard Hearns, Cooney, uh, and uh, Holmes, you know, and those were like, mm-hmm. those were like different kinds of pay-per-views where most people couldn't even buy them in their home. You had to go to theaters and all that. To me, yeah. I'm just as excited about this fight as any fight like that. So maybe, maybe, but uh, I, I can see what you're saying to uh, a certain degree, but uh, Spence Crawford right up there too. And that one fell apart yeah. for, for whatever reason. And, Crawford, yeah. conversely, he's a guy that, you know, he tried the pay-per-view thing with Postel a few years ago, tanked badly, and they, they made some other attempts of him as a pay-per-view guy, and it didn't really do so well. Now he's branching yeah. out on his own, and he wants to have a pay-per-view during holiday yeah. season against David Avanesson. You can't pay me to yeah. watch that fight, Rich. I mean, how, how bad is that pay-per-view going to do? <laughs> It's good. Uh, well, it's 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 gonna tank. It, it, <laughs> that one actually will tank. I mean, yeah, he he hasn't been a, um, a pay per view star. Like you say, he tried to postal. I believe it was Jeff when he fought Jeff Horn was also pay per view, and also when he fought uh, Sean Porter, uh, those those All numbers bombs. did not do well. One bomb after yeah. the other. <laughs> yeah, those numbers. Did I mean, not let's do be well honest. At all. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's. The David Anusian fight. I mean, it's it's coming up. It's it's going to be that's a really hard sell. <laughs> I mean, the only saving grace for that is I think it's only about forty bucks, which is not bad. Some people might buy it just for the hell of it. Diehard Crawford fans might Man. buy it, but if it does even ninety thousand buys, I would be shocked. I don't think it's going to reach fifty thousand. What's your prediction? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say around there, maybe yeah, fifty, sixty thousand around there. <laughs> maybe maybe I think if I, no. I think if you're Crawford and Crawford's people, you would sign for sixty thousand right now. <laughs> but let's, let's see what yeah, happens. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm yeah. wrong more than I'm right for sure. But uh, I'm still gonna <laughs> hold my opinions, uh, nonetheless. Uh, and we have another pay-per-view fight this weekend. Uh, and I think it's a very good fight, but I'm not sure if it's pay-per-view worthy. Uh, I'm a little biased when it comes to Regis Progray because he's a guy that's been coming on my show for the longest time. Uh, and I really think Jose Zabeda is a really good fighter. Uh, I'm not sure it's worth a $60 pay-per-view tag. I'm probably going to buy it anyway, like I said, just to support Regis. Uh, and I think it is going to be a good fight. What do you think of the fight? Yeah, I think uh, with um, this weekend, there's a couple cards going. That's that's going to be the fight of the weekend. Um, it's a good matchup between Jose Cepeda and uh, Regis Progre. Uh Me personally, I, I think it's going to be a pretty a solid 50-50 fight. I know Progre is a favorite. I think Cepeda is a live underdog. Um, I do expect the fight to go to the cards, but I think it will be some um, action in that fight. I know both fighters are a little... Um, both of them have been a little bit, a little bit inactive, um, so they might have to shake some rust to kind of get in the groove a little bit. But that's 
that's a it's a great fight. And then, like I said, that's the one I'm looking forward to this weekend. Uh, as you mentioned, though, yeah, the, the pay-per-view thing again, as we just discussed, I know it's, I think it's, like you said, a $60 price tag on Fight TV. Uh, yeah, I don't think, honestly, I don't think it's also, I don't think it's worth pay-per-view either. But uh, I don't know, it, it, it could be a fight that I might get, you know, sucker into getting. <laughs> just because the fight itself is, like, really good. And, right, uh, right. It's got a, a little, bit, little bit interesting, interesting uh, undercard as well. You know, I think... Um, they have um, Charles Charles uh, Conwell. Yeah, he's a pretty good super welterweight. I think he's got a you know he's got a fight with um, Juan Carlos Abreu, who's pretty decent. And I think the uh, Vargas two of Vargas Fernando Vargas' sons will be on the undercard as well. So, I mean, if they show the whole entire card from top to bottom, then okay, won't be so bad. Um, and but once again, the sixty dollars price tag is like it's not it's. Not worried. I wish it really wasn't pay per view. <laughs> you know. But, now, do you uh, know I, if the Fight TV is the only way to get it? Because that's the other problem I have is like, like, like with Crawford's pay per view, I have no clue. Even if I wanted to buy it, I have no clue where to get it. <laughs> I, I know Prograbe's the pay is yeah. on Fight TV, but uh, usually yeah. they have multiple ways that you could get it. Do you know of any other way that you could get it? Because I don't want to watch fight. Then, I don't want to watch this fight on my laptop for sixty dollars. I, I want to find a way to get it on my TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where else you, you can actually watch the fight. I'm only aware of fight TV. Now there might there might be somewhere else to watch it too. There's just something that I would have to um, you know look into as well. Um, I, I know you can probably maybe put the apps on the um, on the TV. I think. I, I, yeah, I, I would have to I'm... see. I would probably have to get Fight TV on my smart TV. I know I could do that for Pro Box yeah, I think TV you're able and to. For, for all right. So I guess I'll have to do it that. Yeah, way. I think check, check uh, it out. I think you could. Cause that's what I'm going to do. I want to try to look at two and see, see if I could do that. So. Now I was talking with but, familiar about this. I have no idea why Progray's not. A, a bigger star. Why he's fighting on the? Why he's buried on these pay-per-views where he's not going to get the exposure that he should be getting. Uh, I don't know why a top rank or a PBC has not latched onto him and promoted the shit out of him. I, I just don't understand it. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? I I think yeah. Personally, I'm I'm really surprised he's not a bigger star. <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Um, He's uh, like I say, he's got a good personality. He's got a good style. You know, he's he's a, he's a top fighter. Gives good fights. You know, I, so it's like I I'm not sure, you know, why he hasn't really picked up, um, or you know, I don't know if it's somebody with uh, that's that's managing him or or what it is. But it's it's very uh, mind-boggling that he's not really a bigger star. <laughs> I I'm thinking maybe out of I don't put too much on, like I said, on the management, but it could be that maybe, or, you know, I just, um, he just really hasn't, um, you know, caught on like some of the other, um, mm. some other top American fighters, you know? And, exactly. And, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know what your thoughts on the Josh Taylor fight were, but I thought he beat Josh Taylor. That was his biggest high profile fight. Taylor gets the win in a close fight and he becomes the face of top rank and gets to be on the big stage and all of that. So yeah. perhaps if Progray got the call in that fight, it would have happened for him. But I think it should have happened for him anyway. I think so too. 
I think so too. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty that was a really good fight. That was close. I, I really really close fight, but I, I but I think you're I think you're right. I think maybe maybe if he would have got that win, maybe um he it could have um helped him with his uh, you know superstar you know status. But uh, yeah, he's definitely definitely somebody that should be a little bit more well known, and maybe maybe that could all change. You know, if we get the, the win over Cepeda this weekend. Um, but this is a this is a fight. I think it's gonna be really good. Um, yeah, that's a big fight. Whoever wins that fight has got to open the floodgates to fight guys like uh, Teofimo Lopez if he gets past his fight, mm-hmm. which he should. Uh, and the other top guys at 140, we'll we'll definitely see. Uh, I'm not sure how interested you are in the the heavyweight fight on on, on that zone this weekend. Uh, Dillian White against Jermaine. Uh, Franklin, uh, I think it's an interesting fight. Dillian White, uh, to me, I don't think he was ever good as some people might have hyped him up, but he is dangerous with the, the with mm-hmm. the power shot and all of that. And I, I'm not sure what yeah. to make of uh, uh, Franklin. Obviously, he has a sexy record, but if you look at him, you know, he, he fought a bunch of guys where he couldn't get out of there. Rydell Booker, Jerry Forrest, which he was lucky to even get the decision in that fight. So then they served him up, a, a guy with a losing record, to finally get a knockout. Now he's in a big spot uh, against Dillian White. If he looks good against Dillian White, uh, I, I think things could happen for him in terms of getting a big fight. He does. Uh, he, he is an active guy. He does like to throw that right uppercut, but I could see him getting smashed out with that left hook. He is susceptible to counter punches, and I, yeah. I think that's where White, if he has anything left, uh, can shine. I think this has a sneaky chance to be a pretty good fight, but I could also be, see it being a very dull fight. What do you think? Yeah, it could be. It, it, uh, it, it's really going to depend on how much uh, Dillian uh, White has left. Um, kind of like a hot and cold fighter, you know? Um, yeah, I I, I, I do see him, um, you know, taking taking the winners. But I don't, it, it, like you said, it could be it could be a dull fight as well. Um, even though I think I might go to Raw, I think it might end in the uh, stoppage uh, at some point. Dillian White, um, like I said, he's um, he can probably, you know, take take out um, Franklin and and but like I said, White is also a guy that can also get knocked out as well. So it is kind of an interesting fight. Um, I still see White uh, taking taking the win on that one, uh, but I think uh, the, the, the one I uh, the one fight I, I think I have more I, I like a little bit more is the, um, the Zach Parker and the John Ryder. That's another one that's happening this weekend too. Um, that one I think I that one is um, pretty interesting fight. It's gonna be yeah, yeah, on yeah. ESPN that's, Plus. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I like Ryder. Uh, that, that uh, right is the guy that uh, beat uh, Jacobs, right? The same guy. Yes, yeah, he got the win over Daniel Jacobs. Correct. Right, right, yeah. He 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 always brings it. That should be. There's a lot this weekend. Is Josh Warrington this weekend too? I forget. I, it's hard for me to keep up with every. Fight. I think Josh Warrington's uh, in uh, December and up in December. Warrington, because uh, that's on Dad's own yeah, coming yeah. up, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. have a lot. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot coming up. All right, so I don't have to worry about that. It, it's hard to try and get to watch all of these fights because they. You'll have a weekend with nothing, and then you'll have a weekend with four or five different cards all over the place, and you got to watch everything. And so it's like a little, yeah. it gets a little hectic. But yeah, I, I think we have a lot yeah. to digest this weekend that should be uh, mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, uh, you know, to go along with your uh, 
Thanksgiving feast, hopefully a vegan Thanksgiving feast, but no, you know, I don't know how, what, you, what your thoughts are on that. Uh, the other fight I did want to talk about, I didn't talk to you about this off the air because it just came to my attention. I don't know if you, you saw it or not. Did you watch the Rockman Jr. Greg Hardy fight? You know what? I have I have not seen that fight. I, uh, I just saw like little like like highlights. I, I didn't see the, the full fight on that. I just, I mean, right. in general, I didn't have any interest in that card <laughs> at all. Right. Um, I, I, I didn't either, but then Joey DeWaco yeah. uh, started shitting all over Hardy. I mean, he's a guy who won, and he was shitting on him, saying how he would kill him in a fight he's not ready. So I was like, oh, let me, let me see what this yeah. is about, because I, I know Hardy from the UFC. I am an MMA fan as well. So yeah. Uh, yeah. bear with me with a minute or two while I uh, talk about this for a second or two. Uh, you know, because I thought it was a very good fight. If you get a chance, it's on Daz home. Watch it. Uh, Rockman, uh, in the early early part of the fight, he was switching. He was putting punches together well. He was fainting. He was doing pretty good. And Hardy was plotting. He was eating punches in the process. And, uh, you know, first round, the most impressive thing about Hardy was, was uh, his chin. He was taking some good shots. But you saw that his power was a threat. And his, his power... Uh, came on with a barrage of punches in round two. Rockman weathered that storm, but then was dropped late in round two with a pretty impressive solid right hand. Uh, round three was not uh, so uh, eventful, but it was, a, it was a hearty round for sure. So going into round four, Rockman, whose plan was to box and keep distance and show lateral movement, was way behind, so he had to fight a little more and Hardy really uh, outfought him. So, I mean, why are we, why, I mean, I, I realize I'm not a fighter, Joey DeWaco is, but why are, just because these guys in the UFC, we can't accept the fact that a UFC guy laced up the boxing gloves and, and beat a boxer who's not obviously not a veteran, but obviously uh, a Rockman, his father was his trainer. Obviously, the guy with a boxing background and boxing pedigree, and he just happened to lose uh, against another combat a guy who's more known in another combat sport. Why do we have to get upset about that as boxing people, Rich Lopez? Oh well, uh, I mean, I I don't know. I, I think I think with it's the whole um, you know there's, there's that little battle that's been you know the boxing versus MMA you know. The debate that's been going on. I think with boxing fans, I guess we feel like, hey, you know, an MMA fighter is not going to beat a, a boxer with boxing rules. You know what I mean? Like just, you know, throwing punches. You know, of course, the boxer goes to the MMA, you know, the, the MMA fighter will, you know, most likely win because they have more tools. They can, you know, do elbows and kicks and take, take the uh, fighter to the ground. So I don't know. It's like, um, for, for this case, this one, this one, this, this kind of surprised me too because when I first heard the matchup, yeah, I'm familiar with Greg Hardy being in the UFC and being an MMA fighter. So you know, my initial thoughts was like, well, Robin's going to beat him. You know, <laughs> so when I when I was you know thinking and guessing out loud, like Robin's going to beat Greg Hardy because you know Greg Hardy's not a boxer, but Robin is. Right. But, um, something similar to um, when Anderson Silva beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Right. Kind of same thing with that, you know. Um, but I mean, but that one, well, we know Chavez just, just doesn't train or train for fights or doesn't even take fights seriously. So, 
The fact that and that was like a half-assed exhibition right. anyway, right? I yeah. don't really uh, exactly. put any stock into exhibitions. Uh, this, this was something different. Yeah. So is that the reason yeah. why people are so angry? Because they were proven wrong? Because I'm sure most people like yourself, Probably. oh, Rockland will be yeah. no problem. Is that what yeah. it's all about? We don't like to be proven wrong? I think so. <laughs> I think so. I mean, like I said, I was surprised to hear the results too like that. You know, maybe I should have thought more you know, highly of Greg, you know, Greg Hardy, but I, you know, I didn't. I just thought like, cause, you know, initially Robin Jr. was supposed to fight Vito Belfort, right? And I said, well, Robin should be, should be Belfort, especially Belfort's, you know, kind of, you know, that, you know, past his best days as well. So, and they brought in, you know, Greg Hardy. I'm like, okay, well, then, then Robin should win this too. So, I don't know if it was um, – not taking the fight too seriously, or Greg Hardy was, you know, really big, the size, because there was, obviously there was a big size difference in this fight, um, just based on the, the highlights that I saw. But I think that's ultimately, yeah, we just, you know, we don't like to be proven wrong at times. <laughs> it's right. Boxing I mean, Rockman had a good got, first round, really... so, you know, Hardy made the changes and then got his, he got the power there. But go ahead, what were you going to say normally? Oh, yeah, cause, because normally normally when, when, the, when the MMA fighter fights the boxer in boxing rules the boxer wins that's all pretty much all the time so <laughs> you know unless that boxer totally has nothing left kind of like when holyfield fought Vito belfer right the coach was like almost 60 years old <laughs> he really had nothing left but normally you know prime versus you know prime it's just it's just not going to happen you know it's just because you know the mma right. fighter just doesn't they they train. They train everything, right? They train the wrestling. They do strength and conditioning, jujitsu. They they do a little bit of boxing, but it's not as you know. They don't put as much into it, and they're not really you know accustomed to taking a lot of uh, hits, you know, like in sparring and all that. Kind of like how boxers do. So they could take you know boxers usually take a better better punch. So a little bit of every a little bit of that will make you one you know think that the boxer is going to beat the MMA fighter in boxing rules. You know, yeah. I mean, same thing there, right? Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with with the victor comes the spoils, right? And you just mentioned Mayweather, McGregor, and when Mayweather kicked his ass, the boxing fans gloated, right? Uh, When Holly Holm started off as a boxer, beat. Rousey, all the boxing fans were all on social media. I always said a good boxer could go in there and be blah, 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 blah. With the victor comes the spoils. I have no problem with that. But when it turns out to be the other side, can we start just giving the fighter the credit? Is that too much to ask for? No, I, I don't think so. And I, and I, I think, you know, um, in, this, in this fight, Hardy should get full credit, full credit for being Rodman, full credit, you know, and nobody should be upset or, you know, you know, upset, you know, pissed about it because, hey, you beat a fair square and it was boxing rules and that was, uh, you know, that's, that's Rodman's, uh, that's Rodman's sport, not, not Hardy. So the fact that Hardy got a win over him, that's big, you know, and as, um, if fans get mad, well, I guess that's that's just how it is. But like, as for 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 me, like that's kind of more of a shocker. And it's like, okay, wow, you know, we have to give the we have to guy give the guy credit for the victory. So, 
Indeed, indeed. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're moving on here now. We have Rich Lopez on with Boxing uh, from BoxingGuru.com. Check out his uh, articles on, on there. Uh, I already mentioned TopClassBoxing.co.uk. Uh, doesn't look like we're going to have any other guests tonight, which is okay. I have a, Maybe we'll try and regroup with them next week. I didn't release the names on purpose because... I just didn't have any solid confirmation, and when I don't, I don't like to say uh, that person is scheduled to appear, uh, but maybe next week uh, we'll, we'll get those guests on. If not, we'll have uh, somebody else. Rich, uh, I'm going to do a little this date in boxing history. You could chime in uh, on that, and then we'll get out of here, unless there's something else you wanted to discuss. So I'm looking forward to uh, you know the, the holiday and then the um Big, another you know big boxing weekend coming up on Saturday, so um, that's that's um, yeah that's about it. So, but I'll definitely chime in in whatever whatever history you have. So for sure. All right, so uh, I don't do this every week, but I try to. So this date in boxing history, here we go. This date in boxing history, November twenty third, nineteen thirty seven. Henry Armstrong KOs. Joey Brown in two rounds. Armstrong went in with a record of 74, 11, and 7. Joey Brown was 19, 14, and 20. Might sound like a mismatch, and I like to point these things out all the time because, uh, you know, I'm anti-old man card. Back in my day, it was the greatest. No, back in your day, guys, fought, uh, not guys with not so the desirable record, too. But I'm not doing that for this reason with, in this particular case, I'm bringing this fight up with Armstrong because it happened in the magical year of 1937, where this was one of 27 times that Henry Armstrong fought in 1937. So uh, even I have to admit that's a lot of ammunition for the old man card. You'll never see anybody come close to fighting 37 times in one year. November 23rd, 1974, a great fight. Alexis Arguello stopped Ruben Olivares in 13 rounds for the WBA featherweight title. Certainly a gem to have on your in your boxing collection. Also, Carlos Zarate stops James Martinez in seven rounds. Uh, uh, Zarate is a guy who's had his fair share of title defenses against guys with weak records, but not this time around. Zarate was uh, 30-0. and 0, Martinez was 19-0-1. And, and also, if that wasn't enough for you, Alfonso Zamora, and I talked about him last week in length, stopped Jose Antonio Rosa in three rounds. Let's now go to November 23rd, 1979 in New York. The, at that time called the Felt Forum in Madison Square Garden. Wolford Scipion stops Willie Clawson in 10 rounds. And unfortunately, this was a fight that resulted in a boxer death. Willie Clawson, as a result of this fight, passed away. The amazing thing about this fight was that there was no ambulance on site. The mecca of boxing, Madison Square Garden, New York City, a felt forum card, and they did not have an ambulance on site. This wasn't 1917, this was 1979. 
November 23rd, 1982 at the Tropicana in New Jersey. One of those fights. You mentioned you are a wrestling fan, Rachel Lopez. I don't know how far you go back, but I always refer to this as the Johnny Rods versus Jose Estrada fight. Murray Sutherland wins a split decision in 10 rounds over Mario Maldonado. Sutherland might be the more recognizable name. Been in there with Saad Muhammad. Been in there with Michael Spinks. But Maldonado had his fair share of fights where he fought guys like Jimmy Sykes, Roger Leonard, Tony Ayala Jr., James Hard Rock Green, Clint Jackson, Curtis Ramsey, and he defeated Buster Drayton. And unfortunately, the boxing world lost Buster Drayton recently. And as part of a member of the International Boxing Research Organization, we received this email about the passing of Buster Drayton written by Ryan Sangoa of The Ring Magazine, who I've had on this show in the past. And he wrote this, Buster Drayton, the Philadelphia-based boxer who overcame all early losses to become a world champion, has died at the age of 70. No cause of death was immediately released. The news was announced by the Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame on Sunday night and confirmed by family members on social media. Born Moses Buston Drayton on March 2, 1952. He enlisted in the U.S. Marine Corps in 1972 and rose to the level of sergeant. He first started boxing while enlisted and turned pro in 1978 with a, tr- with a draw against Charles Carey in Virginia Beach and built his reputation as a hard night's work by traveling the world to take on heavily favored fighters like Sumbu Kalambay in Italy, or traveling to England in 1984 to stop contenders Jimmy Cable and Mark Kaler in successive fights. He gained a wealth of experience in the Philadelphia gyms where he became one of the main sparring partners to then middleweight champ Marvin Hagler. Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Not written there. Can we at least, even as the man is dead, we cannot say his name consistently. Which is why I purposely say Ray Leonard all the time. Because nobody just says Ray Leonard. It has to be Sugar Ray Leonard. But how many people want to say marvelous? No, they just say marvelous. No, it's marvelous, marvelous. Anyway, back to the back, back, back to the write-up. Drayton shed the spoiler tag and replaced it with the label of champion in June of 1986 when he defeated Carlos Santos to win the vacant IBF junior middleweight title by majority decision. Drayton made two successful defenses in France, defeating Davey Moore, and Saad Sokoma, both by 10th round stoppages, before losing a unanimous decision to Matthew Hilton, a 15-round grand fight. And it goes on to say more of his accolades, but I'll skip uh, uh, to the end here. Uh, Charles Brewer, as a quote, I remember training and sparring with this guy many times back then, and it seemed as though he had one of the most unorthodox boxing unorthodox boxing styles that I had seen. Bus could knock you out with either a left hook or what I believe was his favorite shot, that damned overhand right, said Brewer. Gone too soon at the age of 70. Let's pay our respects to Buster Drayton. You will be missed. So 
So there you have it, Rich Lopez. A lot to digest on this date in boxing history. Mm-hmm. What thoughts do you have? Yeah, there was actually a lot of um, a lot of history in that <laughs> in there, and um, uh, a good one. Um, the, the, and that's a, that's a, uh, another uh, favorite fight of mine. The one you mentioned between um, Ruben Olivares and uh, Alexis Arguello. Uh and I believe right right before the knockout. When Arguello stopped in the 13th round, Olivares was actually ahead of the scorecards, I believe, in that fight. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was ahead on the scorecards. So it was pretty, maybe not by uh, much, but it was a little, he had a slight edge, I think. It's possible. I, I don't recall, but I, I, wouldn't, so. I wouldn't say it's out of the question. I, let, let me see. I got my phone here. I could pull I think, that up real quick. I believe so. I believe so. I mean, I mean Ruben Olivares is one of the greatest uh, bad and weight fighters of all time. And, um, you know, he did, he did pretty well at featherweight, too. I mean, he became a world champion at featherweight. Um, but, yeah, Alexis Arguello, was, that was just like, um, you know, his breakthrough performance, you could say, you know, in, in, in that fight. Now, but you're you know, he's pretty so, tough in the weight class too, though. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, nowadays everything is so dependent on uh, on what you call it uh, betting, right? Now with all these sports, yeah. I wonder if who I would assume Oliveris was favorite in, in that fight, uh, but I don't know for sure. I don't know how you can find that information. I would out. think so. I, I, I think so. I he he, he might have been. He might have been. But like I said, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that one. Um, well, well, I have the scorecards up here now. Uh, it it kind of was a, the fight was still in the balance. One one Larry Rosadilla had okay. uh, Olivares ahead six five. George Latka had it even at five apiece, and okay. Dick Young had uh, Arguello up by a, a pretty significant margin of okay. eight three. Okay. Okay, it was close then. It was close. Which I don't understand these scorecards uh, because it was in the 13th round, and not a, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, none of those scores that I just read added up to 12. So what the hell is going on? Yeah. I... Eight, three, five, five, <laughs> six, eleven. They, they, two, two add up to 11, and one, one, yeah. one adds up to 10. What did they? Did they just not score a five? I guess those. I guess the the the, the rounds that are there were even rounds. So I guess uh, Jones had it eight three eight three one even. I don't know, but that, that, that's got to be either that or the or the scorecards are wrong. Box Rock does get a lot of things wrong. That's why I just pulled it up. But definitely oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a give and take fight. And uh, if you wanted to say Olivares was ahead, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, great great stuff, Rich Lopez. Thank you. We'll definitely do this again. Now's the time for closing um, remarks from you. What do you got going on? Do you have a, what kind of articles are you working on for Boxing Guru? What do you have up now? What shout outs you want to give? Social media. Now's the time for all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, I um, at the, at the moment I, I don't have any um, articles, but definitely going to probably. Um, Looking to probably do maybe a, a post by one on the Cepeda uh, and uh, Progray fight because that one I definitely have interest um, interest on. And I think I'm going to probably I'm going to do one uh, histor- uh, history uh, article on Marcus and Pacquiao because that's coming up on its uh, believe it or not 10 year anniversary. So <laughs> coming up in December. Um, so that one is uh, like I said one of my favorite fights. That um, 
you know, I witnessed live. So I'm definitely going to kind of break down the, the history of those two fighters. Um, Marcus you know, Pacquiao fight. 4 was 10 years ago, you say? Coming up on its 10 years, correct. Wow. You say that, and I'm like, I just remember, like, that fight just happened. It's, like, ridiculous. Yeah, I can't believe it's 10, I can't believe it's 10 years. And, um, and so definitely that's something that I'm going to work on a, on an article on that, just kind of um, breaking down that fight, but also a little little history on both fighters and uh, basically more on their rivalry, you could say, from, for the three fights and the, you know, the controversies from the scoring and, you know, everybody felt and, you know, what, what happened to careers and all that. So that's definitely um, something that I'll be working on. Uh, be coming Fantastic out, uh, right before. discussion. Those first three fights, right? Yeah. I don't know what your take is yeah. on those fights, but I am under the belief that Marquez won all three fights up until the fourth one. Clearly, I thought he won the third mm-hmm. fight. The first two, I guess you could get into an argument. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm kind of glad you brought that up. And uh, like I said, I'm definitely going to like detail it more in the um, upcoming article. But um, yes, I'm. I'm. I'm the oh, same. so don't say anything. Save um, it for the article. Don't spoil it. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want anybody to get a sneak preview of the article. So don't spoil it. <laughs> okay. Okay. But they were. They were. They, they were just. It was a. a I could just say it was just a uh, great rivalry. So I mean, it's um, you, you know I know the the fourth one's the the, uh, the best fight, but those those other three are just as just as good. So I'm looking forward um, looking forward to that. So, but I mean, I'll, I'll be doing some work at some other things too. So you know, and, and uh, just look out on the boxingguru.com and I'll you know have some upcoming stuff. But that's for a historical piece that wants to be coming up. And what about social media? Uh, social media, um, well, I don't think too much into that, but um, uh, I mean, you could if anybody anybody could follow me on there. Um, my uh, my, it's uh, I'm at uh, one real boxing fan. So, on the, so on Twitter. Is that is, is that Twitter? Twitter, yeah, yeah. Anybody, people could follow me on there. All right, cool. Uh, at, yeah, at, but at uh, one boxing fan. At, okay. Go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, anybody, anybody, uh, anybody can follow me there. Um, it's at at one real boxing fan, which is um, you know at number one, you know R E A L B O X I N G F A N. All righty. The one thing I do want, I mean, this is the thing about boxing. Okay. You could talk boxing for, for, for okay. 10 straight hours and not get tired, right? And, yeah, I, yeah. and not once did we talk about a dopey fantasy fight. It's another thing I hate. I hate discussions of fantasy fights. But uh, anyway, uh, hmm. so thinking back, and I did, when I wrote this down as I was watching the, the zone card, and I forgot, and now it came up again. Thinking back to that third Pacquiao Marquez fight. Those who defend the decision and say Pacquiao won ripped the hell out of Nacho Bernstein saying that he, he made a mistake and gave uh, Marquez bad advice and he kind of like took his foot off the gas in the later rounds, right? And 
just this past mm-hmm. Saturday when he was quartering Cortez, they were talking about him like he was the greatest trainer of all time. So it, it, it's funny how those things always come up with, especially with trainers, right? They, you know, at that yeah. time he he was the dog. He was he was the reason why Marquez didn't come away with the decision. He gave terrible advice, but then you know. Saturday, they're talking about him like he's the second coming of, uh, like he's Ray Arcel, Eddie Fudge, Angelo Dundee, all rolled up into one. It's amazing uh, how we go from one spectrum to the other about uh, fighters, trainers, what have you in this sport. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for, for I mean, yeah, I've, I've heard of that, you know, criticism too. And, uh, yeah, you know, you, you know, probably – Something different, but at, at 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 the ultimate, at the end, I mean, he is one of the you know greatest trainers of all time. You know, that's the way I I view um, Nacho Bernstein. Um, for sure, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. Rich Lopez, unless you have anything to, else to us to say, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for coming on. Okay. Enjoy your holiday and uh, we'll enjoy the me. fights. Any official prediction for? Programs of paid. I don't know if we did that. Did, did you have a pre- <laughs> you don't, well, no, no pressure. Well, I, you don't have to. I'm not big on predictions either, unless I really am married to one. There are some fights where it's like I don't know, so I'm not going to like give a prediction just to make you happy. While there are other fights that I, I certainly uh, am very strong about. How do you feel about this fight? Ooh, this one. This one's a tough one to call. Uh, I, I do see this one as a, a 50-50 fight. I think it's going to go to the cards, uh, the scorecards. But uh, and I know you're, I know you're a big Progray fan, and I like Progray too. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Cepeda by split decision uh, in, in in a good competitive fight. Oh, interesting, interesting, because I, I mean, I, I thought, I don't know how you feel about this, but I thought Cepeda should have beaten uh, Jose Ramirez. I don't know what your thoughts on, were on that fight. I, I thought, thought he got shafted. I, I thought he edged him out. I, I thought he edged out Ramirez, too. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. there you go. Now, I'm looking for, yeah. I know I said I want to get out of here, but I'm looking for a clip. Ah, here we go. Is this mm-hmm. it? This out, Rich Lopez. Let me see if this is the right one. Well, it, I never usually do this, and he's not that much of an underdog, but if you want to bet some money on Lee Wood as a slight underdog, I think that's a good play. Now, I'm not going to do it. I don't gamble. But I could see that being a good play. I like Lee Wood. Uh, uh, he could even stop Conlon Lady as he carries his power late into fights, Lee Wood. So, so there you have it. Anybody, anybody that's listening to me wants some money. How do you like that prediction? There you go. That's, that sounds like a good one to me. <laughs> I, 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 I can't say I'm married to a prediction like that in this fight. Uh, like you, I see it fifty-fifty. <laughs> the, the one thing I am very, very confident in predicting is. Anybody who tunes in to watch is going to be pleased. I can't see how this yeah. is a bad fight. No, it's not a bad. It, I don't think it's a bad fight at all. I think, uh, I think as far as like you know who has more tools, I think that that, that leans towards uh, program. 
Uh, but Cepeda has shown that he's, he's a solid guy. He's really tough. Progress, too. So, yeah, I do. It'll be a battle of softballs, and I think it's going to be uh, definitely be a fun fight, close fight. Um, so, I mean, definitely, this is one that definitely I'm looking forward to, and then it's the, definitely the fight of the weekend. So. Here, one they other had, they had one common opponent, too. They had one common right. opponent, too. Uh, was it Terry Flanagan? I mean, right. Uh, Progre got a win over Flanagan back in uh, 2018. I think part of the uh, was it the, soup, the series tournament, World Boxing Super Series. Right. And um, I know Cepeda got a loss over Flanagan, but that was um, I think he had he injured his shoulder, so there wasn't really much in that fight. And they never rematched. I don't know why they didn't rematch, but they they never did. <laughs> Um, and that fight, that that fight was in 2015 when Cepeda fought Flanagan, but that was that that was that lightweight too. I'm not sure why they never rematched. I never seen that fight, and uh, it was like a shoulder injury that Cepeda had. So, but I'm not gonna take too much into to that because you know how boxing works. Styles make fights, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I'm a big fan of both guys. I think both guys. Uh, I love to watch yeah. both of them. Uh, the the other. The other advantage I think Progre might have over Zapata is Zapata's been hit a lot. And you don't know at what point yeah. that's going to take its toll. Like, uh, the Barant fight was brutal. Uh, Progre yeah. hasn't yeah. really taken a beating at all in the ring. So that, that's also another big advantage, I think, in his uh, in his column. No, yeah, that, that's true. I, I would say, yeah, Progre would be the... Uh, the uh, fighter with the less, you know, the, the less damage. I mean, the yeah, that that fight with Cepeda and Baranchik was uh, man, that was oh, some pure slugfest. Brutal, there was <laughs> brutal, yeah, brutal fight. You know, one of the best fights I've seen. Too. Brutal fight. Really now, those are the kinds so. of fights that I I don't understand how a lot of these guys go out of their way to say how boxing is dead. It's not as good as it should as it used to be i mean i get the frustration of a lot of guys not fighting each other but when it happens it's still just as good as it ever was and that to me i just point to fights like yeah. that to support my claim right no, no yeah it's, it's like it's a, it's a good style matchup and uh definitely Definitely, everybody should be uh, checking out that fight if you if you don't mind spending the sixty dollar pay per view. <laughs> right, right. You're definitely not going to yeah. see a guy fight thirty seven times in one year ever again. But you are going no, to see no. great fights if you know where to find them. Yeah, there's not not too many Henry Armstrongs out there. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Uh, I was going to get into yeah. the whole breakdown of everybody in Ford and what their records were, but uh, I didn't have time to do that. Maybe that's something I could piggyback on next week. Because how many of those guys had losing records or were like guys that you weren't really yeah. worthy of our time, you know? That's, that's the other thing about it. Yeah. I mean, 37 yeah, times is 37 times guy. impressive. But he wasn't tired. He wasn't yeah. fighting uh, everybody in the top five, thirty. You know, out of those thirty-seven Let's be honest. Yeah, and sometimes they fought the same guy like multiple times too. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, for sure. You'll I see mean, a lot. You, you look, you look at Sugar Ray Robinson. Uh, yeah, the uh, Sugar Ray Robinson fought like the five, five or six guys yeah. like sixty times. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Exactly. Well, you know the the, the you know the. the the old timer fighters, like I said, they did fight a lot and they were active. And 
you know, those guys were, you know, they were really just like real solid, tough guys, you know, and they had a big, they had strong mental attitude, you know, and even though I think the fighters, you know, boxers have involved and gotten better these days, uh, some of those, uh, some guys lack a lot of that mental toughness that the old, those, some of those old guys had back in the day. So, well, it's definitely, definitely changed of, in the sense that these yeah. guys don't fight as, you know, they don't, like, when you get to the top level, you're lucky if you get a guy fighting three times a year. But what, what gets yeah. lost on a lot of people is these guys are having sparring wars instead of these fights against guys with losing records. And that takes its toll on you, too. It's not something we get to pay, oh, yeah. we get to see, or we have to pay to see. But they're just not. A lot of these guys, you know, spar, replace those fights with sparring. Maybe not thirty-seven fights, but certainly yeah. a guy who's fighting once or twice a year. That's like he, he's still giving a lot in the sparring. They, they, there's a lot of sparring wars out there that people I don't think really realize. Yeah, it's true. It's true. No, that's, oh, that's true. Like I said, Rich, oh, we could talk boxing. I, I could talk boxing day and night, but uh, uh, for now, we'll call an end to it. Thank you for coming on. We'll definitely talk and enjoy the fights of, of this weekend, and uh, we'll see you on mm-hmm. here again soon. Sounds good. I think, once again, thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. So we are going to. Uh, End it. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the fights and always keep on punching. Thank you, Rich Lopez, for coming on. Stop flying, and I'm not taking any more.